You're listening to Word and Spirit with Pastor James Beauvais of Calvary Anaheim. To find out more, go to calvaryanaheim.org. And now, here's Pastor James. Okay, our mission and our vision is what we've been going through as a church. Our mission is love God and love others. Our vision is to grow together in our knowledge of God and his great love for us and express our love for God and for one another through prayer, Bible study, wholehearted worship, local outreach, global missions, and sharing of our spiritual gifts, material resources, and practical service. And the scriptures that really underpin this are from 1 Peter 4, verses 7 through 11. And so each time as we're going through this series, we're going to be reading this together. So let's go ahead and read this together. It says in verse 7, But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Hey, you guys did great. Good job. Uh, We've had a message on prayer. We've had a message on the end of all things is at hand. We've had a message on fervent love for one another and forgiveness. And so tonight, we're going to have a message on hospitality, being hospitable to one another, because it says here in 1 Peter 4, 9, be hospitable to one another without grumbling, without grumbling. A friend said, being from the South, my mother was all about hospitality, cooking, cleaning, dishes, laundry, and even foot rubs. She made me do it all. (laughs) Isn't it wonderful when someone does these things for us? We love it. Well, the Bible says to do unto others what you would have them to do unto you. And so that's what we want to be about as a church. We want to be hospitable. In Noah Webster's dictionary, the word hospitality means the act or practice of receiving and entertaining strangers or guests without reward or with kind and generous liberality. The Greek word used here is philoxenos. Two Greek words combined. The first one is philo. It means loving. That might sound familiar to you if you're familiar with the the four loves and the four Greek words for love, and one of them is phileo, and it's the friendship love. 
It's the affection between friends. Philadelphia is the city of brotherly love. And so there's love or loving, and then there's xenos, which means stranger, or can be translated foreigner. So it's showing friendly affection to someone that you don't know or perhaps is outside of your inner circle, your culture of friends. God would have us to be hospitable, to show kindness and brotherly affection to others, even people that we don't know real well. And so this word xenos or stranger, we can think of it broadly, someone from the outside, like I said, a different country even, a foreigner, or someone from a different state. Oh, you're from where? Uh, In California, we kind of accept everybody, but try moving to another state and see how they receive you if you're from California lately. And then, uh, you know, someone from outside our city, yes, even L.A. County. Or the church. We have a certain culture in our church, don't we? That we're familiar with one another. And, and we speak Christianese. <laughs> hey, brother, you washed in the blood. You've been sanctified by the Holy Spirit and justified. Justified, never sinned. And sometimes people coming in, well, they don't know that language. And they don't know those words. Are we going to judge them for not knowing these things? Of course not. And then the home, which is what is being spoken of primarily here, the home where you have your own rhythms and routines. And to invite someone into that can be uncomfortable. But God would have us to open up and be inclusive and accepting of people who are different from us, different cultures, different ways of thinking, perhaps. One person defined hospitality as living thoughtfully and generously toward others to ensure they feel welcome, included, and loved. Hotels and restaurants are perfect examples of this. And and the better that they do this, the more that we want to go. And the more we want to go, the more they can charge you. And so you go to Ritz-Carlton and you have high expectations of hospitality. The food should be outrageous. It should be awesome. And they should do special things in the room to show you that you're welcomed and you're wanted. And they better smile at you because I happen to have insider information on that, that they're supposed to smile at you if you come within a certain distance of them. They're supposed to smile and be welcoming. And of course, we know that they get money for that. They're doing it because they want to have a good business. Whereas we, as believers, are to do this because of the love of Christ that is in us. This same word for hospitable is used in Titus 1, 7 and 8, where it says not to be greedy for money, but hospitable. You see, greed rejects and withholds. It wants to keep what is ours. But hospitality receives and gives, gives. So that rather than protecting and hoarding stuff, we're to be open and sharing, have an open hand. 
and a heart that's willing to give. Even with our homes, our stores of resources, such as our food, helping out with our tools, providing someone with warmth and shelter. And here in California, again, we don't have too much of an issue with the weather too much. But when we were living in Colorado, there were issues. There was a flash freeze one time and we had some uh, good friends of ours that were trying to get home and they had to go up a hill and their wheels were spinning and that there were all these cars up in front of them that couldn't make it up and everybody's sliding down. So they just had to back on down and they called and said, hey, we can't get home. We said, hey, come on over. And they came over and they stayed the night and we had a, a great old slumber party. It was a lot of fun. And we actually watched old, old videos of Chuck Smith baptizing people at Corona Del Mar. I remember, remember that? <laughs> so here the Lord would, would have us to be hospitable, to, be, to open up our homes and to share with others, especially as they have need. In context, this is being hospitable to one another, those who are of the household of faith. We mentioned that last week. And, and sometimes we can be intimidated, though, when, uh, you know, we're like, are we really supposed to just open up our homes to anybody? Anybody? And maybe in the 60s and the 70s, some people kind of had this mentality. I remember my dad sharing that, you know, there was a guy, that, this hippie guy that came to the Bible study, and there are all these girls there, and he's there with my mom, and, and, and he needed a place to stay that night. And so my dad said, yeah, yeah, you can crash on the couch, no problem. And so he stayed the night, and then in the morning, it was time for him to go to work. And this guy was kind of acting like he's just going to hang out and be with my mom all day or something. And my dad's like, no, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to go now. <laughs> it's time to go. And so it's okay. You know, it's okay. The Bible actually teaches us that we're to be as wise as serpents and gentle as doves or harmless as doves. And so there's always this balance of, of using wisdom and, you know, being giving and being open and helping. So we need to protect our families. We need to protect our marriages. We need to watch out for the Trojan horse. Remember the story of the Trojan horse? The Greeks came in and they couldn't get into Troy. So they decided to make this big Trojan horse and offer it to them as a gift and pretend like it was a, a, basically a peace gesture. And they, they stuffed it full of soldiers. And then the Trojans brought in the, the Trojan horse and then out came the soldiers and they conquered the city. And so, of course, we have to be careful and be wise and prudent and prayerful about who, who we would allow into our homes because there are people that would take advantage of our kindness. But we don't live in fear and distrust. We trust the Lord and we be sensitive to the Holy Spirit in these things. But we set up boundaries. There are those who seek to exhaust hospitality. My dad used to say there's some people walking around with an, um, an umbilical cord and they're just looking where to plug it in, you know? And so there's always balance to this message. And on the other end of that, if you kind of tend to be the one with the umbilical cord looking who to tap into, you know, the Bible actually teaches in Proverbs 25, 17, seldom set foot in your neighbor's house, lest he become weary of you and hate you. In other words, don't outstay your welcome, right? Don't take advantage of other people's hospitality 
to uh, the point where they can tell, gosh, you're just being a freeloader here, a freeloader. But I don't want that part of the message to taint the main part of what God is saying here, which is be hospitable, be hospitable. We're to be hospitable because God's hospitable. He's a giver. He's a welcomer. And so he wants us to be like him. Matthew 25. You can turn with me there. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 31. Matthew 25, 31. Jesus is speaking and he's talking about what it's going to be like when he comes back to the earth. And he says, when the Son of Man comes, referring to himself, in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Why? Why do I get this privilege? Verse 35, For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And he later says that whatever you've done to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. And so as we treat one another this way with this hospitality, Jesus sees it as this is, you're you're treating me this way. He loves his family so much that when we treat his family members this way, he takes it personally and says, you're treating me that way. And he goes on to speak the opposite of those who do not and who will be rejected because they did not. And that is because someone who's truly a Christian, who's truly received Christ as Savior and has the Holy Spirit living in them, there will flow from their lives activity, goodness, goodness. Now, again, Jesus is the perfect example of this, and God the Father is the perfect example of this towards us. And so we are to live this way as well. In 1 John 4, 19, it says, We love him because he first loved us. He first loved us. And how do we know he loved us? Because he demonstrated his love to us. How did he demonstrate his love to us? Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When we were still a foreigner, when we were still outside of the family, a part of a different culture, family culture I'm talking about, the Christian culture, we were outside of that. We were actually enemies of God, rejecting him, rejecting relationship with him. And when we were in that state, Christ died for us. That was a demonstration of the love of God because in John three sixteen, 
It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's a gift of God. It was God's hospitality towards us, if you will. It says in Romans 8.32 that he, that is God, who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? That's our God. He's hospitable. He's giving. It's his nature to give. He causes the sun to rise on the righteous and the wicked every day. He causes the rain to fall down to water the earth so that the plants can grow and give food to the righteous and the wicked every day. Our Father, our Heavenly Father, is a giver. He's hospitable. And as believers, we are adopted into his family, into his family. Romans 8, 15 It says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. He's adopted us into his family. And adopted children are not second-rate children. They're equal with the biological, the natural children. And we're blessed to be adopted into his family and to be inheritors of all that he has to offer and to give. That is special, my friends. The Bible teaches us that he daily loads us with benefits. Because we're in his family, because we're his children, he loads us with benefits, just like we do for our kids and perhaps our grandkids. We're not going to say, no, you can't eat today. Sorry. But we load them with food, all kinds of food, right? (laughs) We love them. In Psalm 68, 19, it says, blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation. Philippians 4, 19, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Psalm 73, 24, you will guide me with your counsel and afterward receive me to glory. Not only does he provide for us materially, but he gives us counsel. He walks with us through life. And we run into problems and difficulties and challenges, and we cry out to God and say, God, help me. God, give me wisdom. And he says, it's yours because I love you and you're a part of my family. And so that's why the Bible says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask. And God will give it liberally and without reproach without reproach. Did you know that since we are a part of the family of God, that he is preparing a home for us? Since we're a part of his household, we get to live in his home. In John chapter 14, verse 1, Jesus says to his disciples right before he dies, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. 
In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And then he says, I go to prepare a place for you. For you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. This is the hospitality of God, that Jesus would go and prepare a place for us so that he could come again and receive us into his home, which will be our home, and we're going to have the marriage supper of the Lamb where we're going to be served food, and it's going to be amazing. The food will be like nothing that we've ever had before. I can guarantee it. Jesus Christ himself will serve us, the Bible teaches. In fact, 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. It's going to be beyond our wildest dreams. We just have to believe it in faith and trust that what God has said is true and that we are just passing through in this life. And there are many perks that God will send along the way. There's many joyous occasions that will come along the way as we celebrate one another's achievements or you know, uh, glorious things that happen in our lives that we're just like, oh, this is so special, or we go on that special vacation, or we go and have a special dinner with friends and stuff. And those are just little things that are foreshadowing of what is to come that we especially appreciate when we're suffering, when we're going through sickness or grief or fear, anxiety, depression, these things that all of us come into contact with from time to time and some of us more than others and especially as we get older right and our bodies begin to groan for that new heavenly body as we become more and more limited in our activities oh i wish i could run the way i ran when i was in high school i wish i could do that that or the other and we're just limited and so then we begin to groan more and more for the coming of the Lord Jesus and for going home and being received into our new places and to accept his hospitality towards us. There are so many biblical examples of hospitality. Um, I was asking my family last night, hey, what are some, what are some stories that, that you guys uh, can think of in the Bible that really show hospitality? My son Luke said, Jonah and the big fish. <laughs> that big fish really welcomed Jonah in and said, uh, come on in and, and have a place to stay for a few days. I thought that was classic. Kylie said the Good Samaritan. Oh, that's a good one. You remember the story of the Good Samaritan where the man was, uh, well, he got jumped on the road and robbed and left for dead. And a priest passed by, was too busy to take care of him. A Levite passed by. And then a Samaritan, whom the Jews hated, he stopped and he dressed the man's wounds. He put him on his own animal. He took him to an inn and he paid for it all. Paid for it all. That's hospitality. In fact, our word hospital comes from hospitality. And so this guy, is, he was the 
founder of the hospitals, if you will. Christy mentioned Jesus feeding the 5,000 and teaching his disciples hospitality as they were all the people. 5,000 men, not including women and children, were then put into groups and they distributed the food so that everyone could eat because he had compassion on them because they were hungry. The ministry of Mary and Martha taking Jesus and the disciples into their homes and the women that took care of Jesus and provided for him from their own resources throughout his whole ministry. And then as Jesus was crucified and rose from the dead and ascended into heaven and the church was birthed, we see in Acts 2.46 that they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. You've been listening to Word and Spirit with Pastor James Beauvais of Calvary Anaheim in Anaheim, California. If you're in the area, we'd love for you to visit. Check out calvaryanaheim.org for location, service times, and more. We'd love to hear from you. To let us know how God has touched your life through this program or to submit a prayer request, simply go to calvaryanaheim.org and scroll down to the Get in Touch form at the bottom of the homepage. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to listen again next time for another edition of Word and Spirit with Pastor James Beauvais. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Anaheim.